For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. Live from the Gruber Law Office, one call, that's all studios at Radio City. This is Scalzo and Brust. Presented by Bud Light on 94.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. It's a party, baby. Woo! It's a party, baby. I don't know what I did, but it must have been bad because the world is punishing me. Ben Bruss, jury duty. All week this week, he could not be happier right now. I can confirm and report that he is giddy to skip out on work. And uh, it's the last mention we're going to have Ben. I know I said that before, but I'm sure because I'm just feeding directly into what he wants. Um, and uh, and then in turn, we've got Jesse Nelson, the hall monitor, as our cousin sub of the day. Cousin subs, we believe in better. Thank you. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be here with you, Greg Scalzo. Two days in a row hosting Scalzo and Brust, once with Ben, once with Greg. What a lucky guy I am. You are. Uh, I, I, I appreciate the... Uh... I appreciate the showmanship there, Jesse Nelson. 800-990-3776 is the number to get into the show. Uh, the family, I just, I don't even want to run through these. It'll take too much time, but they are tearing you apart for your Ben Simmons takes, uh, acting like you knew a Ben Simmons game against Kentucky. Might have been prove- the Tennessee game. Do you, do you really want to do this again? For those who missed it, uh, Jesse Nelson is promising you that Ben Simmons at LSU uh, really made that year of college basketball, and that's why the one-and-done rule uh, shouldn't go away. 81-65, to 65, uh, they lost at Tennessee. Simmons had 21 points, 9 so rebounds that game. every game by 16 or 17 that year? What the heck? I mean, they were bad, yes. Jesse. They didn't make the tournament. <laughs> well, that means that means they were within like seven with a minute left, and then they just started fouling because, you know, it's some college basketball. They did works. play uh, Tennessee better at home. Uh, they beat Tennessee 84-75, to but uh, Ben Simmons did not lead in points, rebounds, or assists. I didn't say he had a great game. You, no, he you made college basketball no, no, better. You did say he had a great game. <laughs> You, so no, I am positive that you said he had a great no, game. He had a great game against Kentucky. Uh, yeah, it, but he did it. College basketball <laughs> he did it. against Tennessee. Did he have a great game in that season? <laughs> have we been able to find one? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he tore up Vanderbilt. If you're, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know about that. He had. Um, I mean, are we going? We're looking up Ben Simmons. <laughs> 2015, 16, the day after a freaking <laughs> Packers victory at Lambeau. Uh, in a loss against Florida, he put up 28, 17, and 4. Oh, Their yeah. team only generated 62 points of offense. <laughs> you know, he shouldn't have been uh, picked as high as he was. You know what? The first time, the first time Jesse Nelson has been right the entire show. Get the round of applause ready. He did have a good game against Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah. Commodore Crusher, Ben Simmons. Hung it on him in Nashville. Dick in downtown says Jesse's an embarrassment to the family. Stick to divorced football. <laughs> Norski's big win the other night. 
Shout out Stoughton. Uh, Jesse, I do want to get back to the Green Bay Packers because it was a win, and I do think they did what they needed to do. I was talking to some people yesterday up at the Tundra Trio. Uh, I did jump on our Tundra Trio radio network yesterday, which you can hear pregame, postgame, every Green Bay game day uh, on ESPN, Wisconsin, across Madison, Milwaukee, uh, even uh, 620 WTMJ in the Milwaukee area as well. And I said that the Packers were going to do what the Badgers did on Saturday, and that was dominate the opponent and take out some frustration after a disappointing loss. Uh, I think that the Packers got beat up too much for the loss in Minnesota. I think they took care of business last night against Chicago. Uh, I am of the opinion that this team is just back on track. Like, this season is back to, all right, they're winning the division. Uh, What can they do in the playoffs? What team will this be again in the playoffs? It's exactly what we were talking about two weeks ago. Uh, In Homer's world, uh, do you join that club? Yeah, um, every game is a test, but every game is preparation for the postseason. Rogers said it in his postgame interview last night with Melissa Stark on NBC that this season is awfully (laughs) reminiscent of last season. What? That I watched the post game. No, Jesse, you specifically called out Melissa, Melissa Stark. Stark. Yeah, it was a good interview. In the I NBC was... post game show with correspondent <laughs> yeah. Melissa Stark. She was on the field. We used. Oh, never mind. Rogers said that this is a lot like last year, where they got beat up on the road in Week One. They were flat. They weren't good. They came home primetime game Week Two, corrected things, ended up cruising to a victory, and now they've got a big challenge on the road in Week Three. Last year it was in San Francisco, where they had the the big final drive setting up Crosby for the game-winning field goal. This year, it's Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's it's starting to feel almost identical to how the season started a year ago, and we all know how it ended up with 13 wins again. So it's all just building for what the postseason will entail. And that's every every game that I watch this year, that's what I'm asking myself as I watch it. What am I learning about the Packers this week that will – either make the team succeed or fail in the postseason. And I think each of these two weeks we've learned a little bit, but there's also a lot that's still to be told over the next 15 games. 800-990-3776. The train is on the tracks, and it is choo-chooing all the way to Arizona. Choo-choo. Jesse Nelson, are you on the Scalzo and Tosh Super Bowl 57 train to Arizona? Of course I am, Greg. Like I, Jordan Love would win the NFC North. Aaron Rodgers can win you a playoff game. You get to the dance, anything's going to happen with this team. They don't need to be clicking right now. They need to be clicking in January and February, and I truly believe that they will be because I think Matt LaFleur has learned from the last few years. I think some of the other offensive weapons have learned from the last few years. Don't peak in December. Peak in January when you need it most, and I think they're on the right track to do that this year. Jesse Nelson leaves us now. Uh, Ben Bruss got out of jury duty about 15 minutes ago. He could have made it up here to do the rest of the show. I'm unsure if he's going to. He's since stopped responding to my text messages. Um, So I am guessing that's a no, but we will find out here next. We'll also be joined by Jason Wildey of Wildey and Tausch fame to talk all things Green Bay Packers. And speaking of the Packers and speaking of Sunday football, Jesse, I don't know how you did. 
getting you. Cover 5 yesterday. But Cover 5 is the greatest game to play because yesterday in the first half of those early games, I was like, oh, I'm going to win both of my leagues. I'm going to be the man. And then Baltimore blew their lead. Detroit blew their lead. New Orleans had a small lead they blew. Cleveland blew their lead. And all of a sudden, it was like I was up 37 points and I was down six and a half points. Um of course, if you haven't signed up yet, there is time since it's a weekly contest. $100 or $100 a week uh, to the weekly winner. You download the app for free. It's a free-to-play sports game all season long. You could go to cover5.com or just download the app. A free uh, league for you to join. Use code WI22. That's WI22 is the code to join Cover five. Jesse just left right in the middle. Didn't even bother to say goodbye to the Scalzo and Bruss family. That's okay. Um, so check it out. The Cover Five app. We- uh, weekly prizes, grand prize for the uh, season long winner. Still plenty of time to join in. Join in on the fun. We are all uh, playing as well here across ESPN with Scotts. And we talk Packers with Jace Wildy next on Scalzo and Bruss. You're listening to Bud Light, Scalzo, and Rust. 76% of people say they wouldn't take relationship advice from Homer. Yeah, they can all go to hell. All right. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) I've been married 40 40 years. It'll be 40. Who wouldn't listen to somebody uh, on this? This is helping your cause. Doesn't even know the amount of years he's 40 been married. Forty or forty-one. Subscribe and listen to full show podcasts available free on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Big Packers win last night at Lambeau Field as they dominate the Chicago Bears behind a. Huge rushing attack from A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. This is Scalzo and Bruss. We're presented by the world's greatest beer, Bud Light. 27-10, the final score. Again, Aaron Jones leading the way. Justin Fields not impressive, only threw the ball 11 times. Elton Jenkins back. David Bakhtiari not so much, and we're excited to talk all things Packers with Jason Wilde here on Scalzo and Bruss. You hear Jason with Mark Tauscher every Day, Monday through Friday from 9 to noon across these very stations. Jason, before we get in, I don't want to mention any names, um, but am I recalling a certain story where you were summoned for jury duty and you got out of it because of your media obligations? Uh, no, you could not be more wrong about that. Damn. Um, get your facts straight. Well, I'm asking you. I'm, I'm doing the right uh, thing. I didn't claim it. I'm asking, I'm asking well, the questions. You kind of, but, but you asked a leading question as if you knew what had happened. <laughs> well, I thought that I did, and I'm wrong, and I'll accept <laughs> well, that. Well, you didn't. So I did not get out of it. So, and, and I had some people, when I told the story on Wilde and Tausch, who were like, yeah, again, this is why social media is just useless to me. But, like, people that were, like, pissed that I was trying to reschedule it. I was not trying to, first of all, you use the term get out of because of your media, whatever that was. Um, it was the middle of the Packers season. And so what I wanted to do was to simply move it to the off season. I understand my civic responsibility. I was fine with that. And so I called the, you know, registrar or whoever it is that's in charge of jury duty and said, look, I just, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't want to do it. Can I just get a postponement until after the football season's done? It's my busy time of the year. 
I understand that. And she's like, no, we can't do that. Okay. So what am I supposed to do? Well, if you get called, you get called. So I'm like, okay. And then because, you know, living right uh, has sometimes has its advantages and karma shines down on you. I did not get out of it, but the four days that I would have been summoned, I didn't get summoned any of the four days. So mm-hmm. I have served my jury duty without actually being on any sort of jury. It worked out pretty well for me, I think. It's amazing that you look at it that way. And meanwhile, uh, my co-host, who shall not be named, is excited to be uh, serving jury duty because he was summoned and selected to serve on the jury, meaning that he's going to be out as long as possible. And, um, oh, and geez. Yep. But I, he wanted to because now he knew that we would talk about him and, and, uh, and he doesn't have to go to work for the next, like, four days. So, um, so, so my question is, like, and, and again, it didn't get to this point and knock on wood, it never does because... Because, look, I understand the importance of the jury system. Uh, I've had some friends serve on I feel it. like you're becoming, you're too defensive about this, Jason. Like, anybody who's coming after you because you asked to postpone to a better time, um, like, it, they need to get over themselves. Like, yeah, I think that's right. just something a normal person would do. Yes. After your leading question, yeah. Um, so well, I just had it wrong. I knew that you approached it. I thought you got it. I thought they actually helped you. So what what I'm I'm curious about though is all right let's say unlike Ben you want out okay you don't want to miss work you don't want to let your teammates down I mean I, God help us if Jesse gets summoned because you know he's going to volunteer to not have to work <laughs> he already told um, us he, he told us earlier in the show that he would he would want to be see? selected yes perfect yep. um, but my question is so if you're if you go like Ben did, and you then go through what do they call that voir dire, where they choose uh, out of all the people, they ask some questions and decide whether or not they want you to serve. Don't you answer questions? Like, do they? Can they see through like sketchy maneuvers, like getting up there and saying, "Yeah, guy must be guilty, otherwise he wouldn't be on trial." I believe in guilty until proven innocent. Wouldn't that get? Couldn't that get you out of it? Or was that is that sort of thing frowned upon? I think it's frowned upon, but I still have to imagine it would get you. I feel like if you didn't want to be on a jury that bad, then they would just like, they're not going to make you do it. Uh, I feel like you could figure out ways to get around it. And I'm not encouraging anybody to do that whatsoever. Of course not. No, none of us are. No, of course. Of course not. Absolutely yes. not. Uh, I do. Duty. I do wonder though, and I wonder what you think about this, Jason. Is like Ben is acting like because he was chosen for jury duty, even when he's not doing the jury duty, he can't come <laughs> and do the show because he's not doing anything right now. He's done for the day. He's just oh not coming God. in to do the show. So is that something where if you are serving jury duty, you're not allowed to work at your job? Um, I don't think that's how that's to work. Okay. All right. I was just curious. <laughs> so, like, he 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 did not actually hear a case today. Is that correct? Correct. It was jury selection. It was today. the selection. He was there and all he was day. Informed, so he was informed that he'd been selected. And then, what time was that? Did that occur? Like, he could have easily been in the studio by four o'clock, right? Uh, at least by four thirty. Um, yes, he's mm. uh, a four ten. He said, "I got." I got selected. I got a phone call today right after Wilde and Tausch where Ben uh, discussed how he was on his lunch break and had not been called yet to be questioned to see if he was good for the jury duty. Now, I'm starting to question the validity of the time frame and when he knew versus when he didn't. 
because it seems wild to at 4:30 was when he found out he was on he spent the whole day there and that was the first time he heard he was being selected so there's some questions about the timeline here jason yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't want to besmirch his reputation, but it does sound just uh, based on the information I've gathered from you two at this point that he um, is more than happy to have uh, not only drawn this assignment, but um, he's certainly not going to push himself to do both jury duty and a very popular afternoon drive radio show in the same day. It's, it's one or the other for him, it appears. Yes, it does. Well, let's talk about the Green Bay Packers because they won last night uh, at Lambeau. Um, I think that it's hard for fans to get excited because the Bears just don't look very good and they didn't look very good offensively. Um, but what encouraging signs did you see from the Packers from Game 1 to Game 2? Well, they did what they said they needed to do and what they wanted to do and that was obviously get the ball to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and they successfully did that. I agree with those fans that are kind of underwhelmed by this win uh, A. because they have won so many games against this team uh, by much bigger numbers right? We're used to some real blowouts of late. That's one. Two, I just, they just weren't that impressive. I mean it, it just the way they played was not you know, their defense couldn't stop the run, which we've seen happen before. Um, you know, there were a lot of miscues on offense. Rodgers uh, took, a, took a lot of hits. Um, even their offensive line, which I think is obviously better with Elton Jenkins on the field. Elton Jenkins gave up a pair of sacks. Um, I just think I thought it was kind of a nondescript ho-hum victory. But when you lose your opener, all you really care about is making sure that you win, regardless of how it looks. And so... You know, there, aren't, there weren't many style points. There's no doubt about it. But um, for a team that needs to um, play a certain way, I thought they played the type of offensive game that they need to play, and that is to get the ball to 33 and 28 and spread the ball around in the passing game. They threw Rodgers targeted nine different receivers. Last week he targeted ten different receivers. Uh, the days of... You know, Devontae Adams getting 15 targets and everybody else getting two, three, or four are clearly done. And even though he didn't throw that many passes, the previous week he threw 35, nobody had more than six, and that was A.J. Dillon. So I I really think they're starting to get an idea of what their offense is going to look like, even if they don't have the full execution quality that they're seeking. Jason, you mentioned Elton Jenkins returning to the field and giving up two sacks. I noticed that both Aaron Rodgers and the head coach were quite effusive in their praise of Elton Jenkins. I think Matt LaFleur went as far to say they wouldn't have won the game if it were not for Elton Jenkins. Aaron Rodgers did much of the same. We're saying how important it was for him to be out there. Am I incorrect to assume that's sort of a message to David Bakhtiari to kind of just go out there and give it a shot? You are always, always looking for the angle, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, you you were you listened to Rogers last night talking about his uh, his redefinition of success, and you had an interesting theory on that and why he was saying that. Now you got this on: is there an ulterior motive for saying that to try and motivate sixty nine to get back out there? I, I'm not uh, as comfortable as you are throwing these baseless accusations <laughs> out there. That's what um, I do best. Might, that said, you might be right. 
frankly. I mean, you really might be. Um, I don't think so, though. Like, I, I find it hard to believe that Bakhtiari is not wanting to be out there. Now, that doesn't mean uh, that he's going to get out there right away or, in this case, in week three. But I, I find it hard to believe that he's loafing or, you know, saying, oh, I'm not quite ready. I'm just not quite ready. I'm not comfortable uh, I have to think that it's more the medical staff telling him not to play and that we're going to wait another week. But, again, we get no information, and I don't think that benefits the player because it just opens up different theories on, well, I wonder why he's not playing. What's the reason? And and it really leads to, I think, what we saw yesterday after the game, you know, or even after we found out that he was going to be inactive, a lot of vitriol from some portion of the fan base who's just really pissed at David Bakhtiari for getting paid $54 million of his new contract and having played 27 snaps since he suffered the injury on New Year's Eve 2020. Off, off of that, when they cleared him to play those 27 snaps, if he can't play now, was that a mistake? Did they let the coach no the coach and the quarterback influence their medical decision? With the Packers are usually pretty conservative with, aren't they? Yeah, and, and I think we've seen that veteran players uh, have, and remember, I mean, he was over a year removed from the injury, right? right? So it's not like it was an irresponsible decision timing-wise. Um, but I, I think if we look at um, Aaron Rodgers flat out said that he pushed Bakhtiari to play. Like he said, right, come on, I need you out there. Let's just get the first half in uh, so we can see where we're both at and, and just get some time on the field together. And obviously that did not work out very well. And it was clearly a mistake. They, they've avoided that conversation as best they can because they know that that set him back. But the question now is, I mean, let's remember, it's September. That was still nine months ago or eight months ago that he, he played those snaps. Like what? And, and two surgeries ago, or at least one surgery ago. And so I, it's really interesting to me. And I, I, I know I keep saying this, and I mean it, that I'm out of the prediction business with him. But in this vacuum of information, it just leads to what I thought was a valid question by you. But all these questions where you just don't know what exactly is going on. Because remember, he told me before the opener, uh, a week before the opener, that it, that was his plan. He was playing in the opener. And... I would like to know, is it Doc McKenzie that's saying, no, you're not? Is it, is it Bakhtiari saying, oh, I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that? These are things that I would really like to know, and Lord only knows when we're going to hear them or if we're going to hear them. Jason, thank you, as always, for the time. We will catch up with you next week. All right, boys. Take care. Be good. Jason Weldy, Weldy and Tausch, weekdays, 9 to noon, across all of ESPN Wisconsin, including you, 1430 ESPN Beaver. Damn shout out to all of our friends up there in Dodge County. Get us on the old National Bank Talk text line 800-990-3776. Again, 800-990-3776. Do want to give a quick shout out to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You've heard me talk about the amazing work Gina Della, Joe Franco, and the entire team there has done on my homes. Um, they can help you out as well. 
well. And when I talk about the quality, I mean, yes, the quality of product, uh, the quality of innovation, but of course, the quality of service as well. And Pella's wide range of beautiful wood designs can be painted, stained, or unfinished to complement any decor as they were at my house. It looks perfectly intact with everything else going on at my home. All with superior craftsmanship, leaving no hassle or mess, just perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin put no money down, make no payments, and be charged zero interest for up to 24 months. But you got to do it before the end of this month uh, because that expires on the 30th of September. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for deal t- details. Go to PellaWI.com slash radio. That's PellaWI.com slash radio. We'll talk more David Bakhtiari plus breakdown big win last night at Lambeau. And I know it was just the Bears, but it's still a big win. It was important bounce back spot for them. They took care of business. Uh, we'll hit it with you. The Scals and Russ family next. And Scals and Russ. You're listening to Bud Light Scalzo and Russ. The chance you actually ever get this tattoo is what? 65. Like, it's growing in, wow. like, actuality of percent chance I get this. Other than the fact Are that my dad claims hard, he'd be mad at me. hurts? No, I'm tough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's that, so funny about that. You're notoriously not tough. You're notoriously terrified of needles. No, no, no. I'm not scared of needles. I'm scared of medical things. <laughs> Subscribe and listen to full show podcasts available free on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. We were kind of, I don't know, losing shrink. It, it kind of felt dating back to last year. Um, so it feels great to win again. Um, it's hard in this league. But I think it speaks to our players, our coaches, just the mindset that we have here. And you can never, you, you got to ride the wave. That is Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. I don't know if I would have considered it a losing streak given that they lost a week 17 or week 18 game 17 matchup with Jordan Love at the helm. Uh, And then, yes, it was a brutal playoff loss, but I just don't, I don't, you can't carry that over. Like, that's a little worrisome to me, the fact that he was even thinking about the two losses to end last season. And yeah, you lost to your division rival on the road in the Minnesota Vikings in a very tough spot. And again, we could relitigate that, but I didn't think they got dominated the way the Packers dominated the Bears. So I almost think he's a little too relieved at that victory last night, but you got to take the celebrations when they come, or I guess the success when it comes. And it came last night for the Green Bay Packers uh, as they beat up on the Chicago Bears game was never really in question. 27-10 was the final at Lambeau Field on uh, Sunday Night Football um, with Mike Tirico, if I want to be like Jesse Nelson. Uh, Jesse Nelson, speaking of 414, hits us on the old National Bank Talk and text line. The number to get into the show, 800-990-3776. That's 800-990-3776. 414 says, Jesse is just trying to avoid talking about the Packers win since he basically wrote them off. He is Mark from New Berlin Light. Get out of here. Is that true? Is Jesse that down on the Packers? I don't remember Jesse being that down on the Packers. I think he's kind of stayed pretty steady throughout their losses. I know he was critical of how bad they looked, but I think we all fairly dished out some criticism towards the Packers and their performance they put on against the Vikings. 
Uh, Brian from Baraboo says, we ran the ball well, made everything else work better. The North is improving, but still is Green Bay's to lose. Anything can happen in the playoffs. And I think that's right. Again, I feel like now we've returned back to a normal Green Bay Packers season. Uh, this is a team that ultimately uh, is going to win the division. Uh, their schedule is, you know, not not that hard. Uh, you've got a tough game at Tampa, although Tampa didn't look good at all against New Orleans. Uh, then you're at home against the Patriots who haven't looked that great this season. You expect that to be one at Lambeau. And then you get Giants and Jets back-to-back. One in London, one at Lambeau. Um, that's, that's a pretty decent, reasonable run for them. Uh, so I tend to agree. It's, it's going to come down ultimately to what happens in the playoffs. Jeff Vance says, I'm thinking that the Pack is going to lose against the Bucks, but they will then go on a five-game win streak. Yes, a win at Buffalo. Now we're getting crazy. And that's a little bit too much for me. What I was looking for yesterday was simply... Are the Packers able to do what they keep telling us they want to do? Can they get Aaron Jones going? Can they get A.J. Dillon going? And will we see a little bit of Sammy Watkins and the rookies? I would like to see a little bit more play action from them. I'd like to see them work that out a little bit more. I just don't think you need it when it's working that well. No, no, you don't. (laughs) But I'm saying, like we we mentioned before, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers' best game. Um, But at some point, you need to show in the NFL nowadays your ability to be a prolific offense and your ability to hit on a big play. Plays. And I still don't think that we've seen that yet from the Packers. And again, the league is changing quickly. That Miami Dolphins game yesterday, when they closed things out, heading into the fourth quarter, down in the fourth quarter, down 35-14, and it just turned into a bombshell with with uh, you know Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Like this is turning into a league where you need to be able to score and score quick, and it's something the Packers have been able to do in the past. I think they'll get back there. Their quarterback is good enough, and that's the main recipe. But the, you got to start working on that stuff. And I would like to see them work on it a little bit more against the Bears team, even if you knew that it was in the bag. Like I know they felt that. That's the weird thing about Lafleur. Like him being so insecure makes me a little. Bit worried. The fact that you're like, oh, this broke our three game loss streak. Like, get over it. You should have been in the second half there. Like, how can we build confidence in the pass game? And you saw it a little bit late with that Sammy Watkins pass, right? Where they were like, all right, let's let's see if we can bomb it down a little bit. I wish I saw a little bit more of that. I wish that we saw a little bit more of Watson and Dobbs. I think in games where you have it in the bag, that's not an opportunity for you to pack it. And at this point, it's an opportunity for you to try some things and to work it out and to build some confidence in some young players. Yeah, I think that stuff is just a matter of time. I think the two guys that they have for that are both of the rookies, and they're going to let them you know, get better, get more used to the system. I did like them manufacturing touches for both of those players to get them more comfortable because both – both Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are known for their ability to stretch the field. I mean, there was a two-wide receiver set where Christian Watson was the second wide receiver with Alan Lazard. That's putting a lot of faith in the rookie. Now, the ball didn't Mm -hmm. go to him, but they're going to mix them in and put them both in positions where they think they can help the offense in those, you know, few limited spaces where they can right now. Uh, Packers fans, we're talking about the Green Bay Packers. What does your dream weekend look like? Heck, it was such a beautiful day yesterday. It looked like it was going to rain up there in Green Bay. It just turned into uh, the perfect environment for Sunday Night Football. Maybe your dream weekend includes some incredible tickets, an exclusive tailgate for you and your friends, and all expenses paid travel and accommodations for you and five of your best friends. Think about that. That's six people total. Five of your best friends plus 
you. Well, that's what the American Family Insurance Dream Weekend Sweepstakes is all about and more. Head over to AmFam.com slash Packers to enter for your chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime Packers fan experience. Think about that. Incredible tickets for you and five friends. An exclusive tailgate, all expenses paid, travel and accommodations. Doesn't get better than that. So go to AmFam.com slash Packers for your chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime Packers fan experience. It's so easy. No purchase necessary. Again, AmFam.com slash Packers. I don't want to really spend that much time because I think Josh, you're with me. Like, what does this game against the Bucs look like? What the hell do they do on offense against the uh, against the Bucs? Because you saw what they wanted to do and be aggressive in Game 1, and that backfired a little bit. You knew that they could run the ball, so they went to that in Game 2, but you can't play that conservatively in Game 3 on the road against Tampa, even if Brady and that offense for Tampa Bay didn't look great. We'll talk about what the Packers' offense will look like next Sunday, next. Let's go. So, Ambrose, we're presented by Bud Light. You're listening to Bud Light, Scalzo, and Rust. Before now, you had, what, Al Lazard, the slowest white guy on the team? Now you got some speed running that. No, it's, it's a great Dave, draft. Thank, thank you for, for the, the call. Thank you for the call. I mean, I know we talk about you being blind every time, but now you've really <laughs> proved it. Al Lazard, not white. <laughs> not white. For those that... For, for any other uh, blind fans that we may have, Alan Lazard. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all the other blind fans listening. We now know that Alan Lazard is not white. Subscribe and listen to full show podcasts available free on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Boy, was Aaron Jones great last night for the Green Bay Packers. Nine and a half yards per touch in week one. 9.4 yards per carry last night. I mean, if you can't find a way to get the ball in his hands more, and it's not just that, because sometimes those are like pretty simplistic stats that don't tell the whole story. If you watch the game last night, the eye test on Aaron Jones is like, oh yeah, this is why they're giving him $10 million plus a year, because he is that talented. And when we talk about that big playability, right now the big playability comes from Aaron Jones, and it kind of comes on the ground. And that's what will be interesting to see what they do against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from Greg Scalzo. Josh Yamaji running the show uh, here across ESPN with Scott. It's Scalzo and Bros presented by the World world's greatest beer, Bud Light. Uh, But you have to imagine that they're going to continue to ride Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And we talked about it uh, last week. Uh, I mentioned it. Like, you've seen offenses work running through a running back who can catch the ball and has big playability and is consistent. The Saints did it for a long time with Alvin Kamara. Yes, they had probably some better weapons on the outside, but Alvin Kamara was their main guy. I think Aaron Jones can be that for the Packers, and A.J. Dillon is a guy who can also take a really big share of that load. But when you go to Tampa Bay, you have to be prepared to put up big points. What does that offense look like in Tampa? Do you want them to continue this run-heavy offense and try to be the Packers that won last night? Or do you want them to start opening up that passing game, even if it means that you're opening up the potential for more turnovers and, quite frankly, more three-and-outs? But at some point, you got to play to win. 
win, and at some point against Tom Brady, he's going to put up points. 800-990-3776. The number to get into the show will open up the phone lines. 800-990-3776. I think you need to make sure every single week to get Dylan and Jones their 30 or so touches. Now, what I want to see against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is I want to see almost late-stage Tom Brady when he was in New England. I want to see a lot of quick passes, and I want to see a lot of quick passes that are close to the line of scrimmage because, frankly, Aaron Rodgers has been getting hit a lot, and that defensive front for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is very good, very fast, and is the longer we can keep Aaron Rodgers upright and the more often he's upright, I think that's your key to winning the season. I'm a little concerned about the usage of Dylan and Jones throughout an, an entirety of a season, but you got to win games and you got to do it smart and you got to do it week in and week out. You do, but you're right. You have to develop the passing game. And what does that look like right now? I mean, look, it was the first week back with Alan Lazard, uh, you know, as the quote unquote number one. Uh, you can tell they're still trying to work out different wide receiver groupings. Different teams around the league are doing it. Now, you don't necessarily want that for a Super Bowl contender like Green Bay, but let's be honest, that's where they're at right now when it comes to this passing game. That doesn't mean uh, that that's where they're going to be. 800 3776. Let's go to Dimitri from Waukesha. Dimitri, welcome to Scalzo and Bros. We're presented by Bud Light. What do you got? How you doing, gentlemen? Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. We're doing fantastic. So I would like to see a good mix of run and pass, but after a good game in the past, Aaron Jones has been known to take a backseat or disappear for a game or two. So maybe that's when A.J. Dillon shines, but I liked how they approached last night, but I'd like to see a couple more passes downfield. Thank you for the call. I was actually going to ask you this question, because this is a thing that's come up multiple times. I've heard it on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, and Wilde and Tausch. Is it Aaron Jones that isn't performing, or is it Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers not getting the ball? Because I feel like every time the Packers focus on Aaron Jones, he has a good game. I'm having a hard time thinking that Aaron Jones has bad games and good games. I think he is what he is, and he's a pretty consistent performer when he gets the touches he needs. Aaron Jones has never averaged less than four and a half yards per carry in his career. Right. Uh, like at no point has he is there a game sure you could point to where he was everybody has a bad game yeah. Uh, but ultimately like he is a guy that has big play ability and when you look at his average yards per reception since he actually started playing um, you know not counting his rookie year like his average yards per reception has eclipsed seven and a half yards per reception as well so yes you get the ball in his hands and good things tend to happen I do think you're right but it's also one of those situations especially the last couple of years where when you have the best wide receiver in the NFL and the best quarterback in the NFL it's easy to get distracted and not go to your run game as much I think this year they're going to have to lean on him more you're right durability has to be a concern for a guy like Aaron Jones who's missed games in his career. But I think that's also where the balance with Dylan is going to be very beneficial. And if you have a gamer here or there that he misses, but the biggest thing is can you? how long will it take for the passing game to get to where it needs to be? And you have to ride Aaron Jones until you get to that point while building up what that passing game will eventually become. And hopefully it's becoming something. Yeah, I just think I'm willing. I know I've been uh, pretty alarmist. I was last weekend. You think? But I think it's just a matter of time. You can see Romeo Dobbs when he has the ball in his hands. 
that's a guy you're going to be able to use. Now, you saw the miscue as well. As soon as that stuff goes away, I think the passing game opens up, and I thought the passing game opened up yesterday. Having Alan Lazard there and using Sammy Watkins, I never thought, like, oh, wow, there's no one open today. Uh, I totally agree, and those guys will only get more and more comfortable with Rodgers and the offense. Um, who knows who's going to be on the air tomorrow? Ben Brust, I don't know if he's at jury duty or not. I think we're getting really long conned. We'll figure all that out, but I do know, coming up next on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee, you'll get On the T. Uh, coming up next on 100.5 ESPN Madison, you get the Great Dane Huddle with Barry Alvarez appearing on the show. That's all next on ESPN Wisconsin.